Welcome back to the Pastor's Cut Podcast. I'm so glad that you are here with us, enjoying some time as we explore what's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks on Sunday morning and look at a passage a little bit deeper. I'm Dave McPherson. Marissa Carter's with us. Brad Henderson is back on the booth. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Thanks. Good to be back. We're glad to have you. And Darren would normally be with us, but Darren Spoo is off in Israel. How dare he go without us? (laughs) Of course, you were just there a couple of weeks ago. I know. We need to get you there, Dave. Someday. Someday (laughs) I will get to go there when either we can take my whole family and afford that or something else. We'll figure it out. (laughs) So we were talking before we started recording about summer vacation plans and... The Carters already had kind of their pre-summer vacation vacation. Yeah, yeah. We jumped the gun a little bit and we did April vacation instead. (laughs) And so rather than thinking about vacation, we we were brainstorming, okay, where would, if you could get on the road and go anywhere in Oklahoma, so it's maybe a little bit easier of a day trip to do, where would you go? And so, Brad, where Mm. would you like to go if you could load up and go anywhere? I would go someplace that I've been before, and I love going to Robber's Cave. Yes, that's State great. State Park down by Wilberton. It's, for me, it's the closest thing you can do, uh, like going to Colorado without having to drive to Colorado. Huge pine trees, places to hike, uh, the lake's clean. It's, it's just really pretty. Yes, that's great. Have you guys been there before, Dave? No, we Okay, not. so there's also lots of places to lose children. So, uh, <laughs> but it's really fun to explore. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Marissa, where would you go? Well, I don't know. We used to do lots of like small town road trips and, and, uh, we go around all the state parks, um, like just hitting small towns like Guthrie and, and things like that. Just exploring, just driving is, is a really fun thing for us. Um, my kids have, um, a school trip planned for in a couple of weeks to go up to the Gloss Mountains. I don't know if you've been up there, Alabaster Caverns. No. So that's a okay. whole different part of the state. You've got the pretty part in eastern Oklahoma and a different kind of pretty in western Oklahoma. <laughs> Is it more like desert pretty? Yeah, or yeah, a little more sparse. Pretty. And you've got uh, all the, the quartz mountain and it's 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 pretty. But uh, okay. a little more if you like desolation. I have heard <laughs> that's such a deep word there, desolation. Yeah. I... Um, I've heard the Wichita Mountains are, are pretty cool to go see. Mm-hmm. I, um, having come from Phoenix, where there's mountains abounding everywhere, every direction you look, it actually you're surrounded reminds by mountains. you of Phoenix. Yeah, it's the same vibe. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I've heard. So I would love to go there at some point in the not too distant future and just check out the mountains. Yeah, yeah. Maybe do a little hiking. You can drive through the wildlife refuge as well. It's really cool. There are buffalo and elk and kind of a. And then, of course, you have to go to Mears and get a hamburger. This is the tradition. <laughs> Mears and get a hamburger, huh? Yeah. Okay. It's a thing. That's good to know. Well, just a, a PSA, a couple of things for, for our listeners that are out there. Number one, uh, if you haven't yet done anything, Mother's Day is around the corner. You might want to get Ooh, something. Yes. Ooh, just Sunday. FYI, Sunday. It's coming up <laughs> quick. My, my mother's in Israel. <laughs> I don't have to get her anything. 
<laughs> That's wrong, I know. Yeah. So I'm not even going to touch that. Yeah, he gets a break, a hiatus this year. There you go. You get a, you you get to have an extra big welcoming gift when she returns. Well, probably just so, a few yes. days after Mother's Day, yes. and also on May 15th, the uh, the Sunday that we're actually going to be talking about for the Pastors Cut is the beginning of a new sermon series called Anxiety Lessons from the End of Life's Rope. If you happen to be walking through anxiety or know someone else that has, chances are you probably do. I highly recommend that you grab a couple of invitation cards and invite people to be a part of our church family starting that weekend. It's a great opportunity to meet people where they are with with the needs that they're literally walking through this moment to give them tangible tools for how to combat anxiety with the hope of the gospel. And so with that, we're going to dive into the text. Marissa, do you mind reading for us the passage? We're we're looking at Matthew chapter 6. Yes, verses 25 through 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I love this passage for so many reasons. As, mm-hmm. as a teenager, I remember latching on to Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's a great verse to plaster up on, on a poster. Yes. But there's so much <laughs> more behind it than just that one verse. And so that's why I like this passage, that, that it deals with a lot. And Jesus, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, deals with this idea of anxiety. Um, what, as you studied the, the passage and you looked at, at it, what, what stood out to you? What were some things that are maybe good talking points? Yeah, so anxiety is really normal. I mean, that's, it's not a topic that we shy away from here at First Baptist. We talk about anxiety a lot because it's something that we all struggle with. And it's just that feeling that you get when you anticipate a coming threat, when you're coming up against something new, something different, and you're not sure how you're going to respond or how it's going to how um, how it's going to turn out. Um, what becomes unhealthy about anxiety is when it consumes us, when those what if questions cloud our thinking so much that we can't think of anything else but answering the what if questions. Um, and especially coming out of COVID, which none of us want to talk about that anymore, but coming out of COVID, we all kind of had to butt up against our anxieties and kind of address that. And um, one of the worst things that you can do when you have anxiety or when you have proclivities towards anxiety is to only listen to yourself because it kind of becomes this downward spiral of negative self-talk and just, I can't do this. It's never going to be better. Where is God in this? I don't see him. And that uh, overthinking and that negative self-talk, we would have to, you know, I was, whenever I hear this phrase, check yourself, I always think before you wreck yourself, I can't help it. <laughs> That's just I'm a child I of the 90s too. and yes. I can't, I can't help it. And I, I apologize for it. 
Um, but you have to check yourself and make sure that you have other people to speak truth into your life and that you have scriptural truth that you can go back to and reflect on um, to renew your mind, to reset your thinking. Absolutely. Um, so Philippians 4 is a really beautiful passage about peace from anxiety. And I'm, I don't know if it's coming up in the series or not, but I'm sure that Darren's going to reference it. Um, that just says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, it goes on and on. Uh, dwell on those things and the peace of God will be with you. And this Matthew 6, 25, 34 is just a really wonderful scripture to commit to your heart, uh, not necessarily to memorize if you have trouble memorizing, but just to commit these truths to your heart so that when you get into those cycles of negative self-talk, you have the truth of God's reality there. Absolutely. And so... Uh... I couldn't disagree, I couldn't agree with you more. You, you've got some some great nuggets there. That, that that's while anxiety is something we all walk through, there is some normalcy with it. Jesus gave us some some hope for what to do when we walk through anxiety through mm-hmm. this passage, that are equally present in other passages. And this is certainly worth worth meditating on and and holding on to for those moments. What I liked about the passage is as I started looking at it and started thinking about it and praying mm-hmm. about it, is there's this discussion uh, about looking about focus there's also this discussion about clothing um that's that's present in it you know literally in in verse um, 25 and then later on in verse towards the end um verse 31 mm-hmm. it's the clothing is referenced twice that the, there's this idea you know we sometimes worry about clothing but that god will take care of that for us but there's also even deeper than that uh, a.t robertson talked about this idea that, that we can clothe ourselves we can literally wrap ourselves with something different instead of something that fills us with anxiety we can just like we can change clothes we can change the focus of what we're Mm. looking at what what the shift is and even before that before our passage immediately verse 30 or verse 22 excuse me jesus says the the eye is the lamp of the body yes yeah so there's this this idea you can look at something that will fill you with more anxiety or you could look at something else and jesus even says in the passage you can look at at the birds. You can look at the clothes or at the, the fields and and see how God takes care of them. Let that be a reminder for you that mm-hmm. if God's going to take care of them, yeah, there's a lot of things that, that can bring worry or anxiety. But if God's taking care of them, don't you think God's going to take care of you too? Yeah, yeah, that's great. I also um, this is one of the four texts in Matthew where Jesus uses the phrase "You have little faith." And I just love that phrase. Um, it's oligopistos. Is that how you pronounce it, Dave? I'm calling. I'm putting you on the spot after uh, I've been no, put on the I, spot. I would, we're gonna I, say we're gonna embrace that as yes, the, as yes. We'll as embrace that. I, 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 I have a good friend. Modern pronunciation yeah. versus ancient pronunciation. Yeah, that's good. I can so, say well, whatever you say it is. It's like oh well, I know yeah. contemporary Greek, not exactly. ancient. Exactly. Yes. So I, nobody really knows ancient <laughs> Greek. So the way I learned it, it was it was pistos, not not pistos. But who cares? Yeah. yeah. So that phrase, uh, you have little faith, um, you know, I think we've often heard um, it described as like a phrase of exasperation or yes, rebuke. Yes. Um, like, how dare you take, uh, how you bother, keep, keep bothering Christ with your stupid questions, kind of. Um, but reading Dallas Willard really flipped that for me. And I don't know if you've, you've read his definition of it before. But for him, he describes it as, as a term of endearment. 
a nickname that Jesus used, he invented, because it doesn't show up anywhere else in Greek except for in the Gospel of Matthew, where he's just gently chiding his disciples for their lack of confidence. But it's not a rebuke. It's not a criticism. It's, it's a reminder that we need to trust him more. Um, so just that, that nickname of little faiths um, really speaks to me a lot. Um, this week, you know, my daughter has been really sick. And she has these awful fevers, and she almost never gets sick. But when she gets sick, it comes hard. Mm-hmm. And um, and so uh, when she has fevers, she hallucinates, and she has these night terrors. Um, and um, she wakes up, and she's still in the thick of that confusion and not able to see reality around her. And there's nothing I can do in those moments except for just sit by her side and remind her of what reality is and just hold her through that until her eyes begin to open again and things become more in tune with reality. But other than that, there's nothing I can do. Mm. But Matthew 6 is kind of the same, Mm -hmm. except Mm -hmm. that instead of the feeling that I feel where I feel very impotent in that situation, um, we are being held by somebody who is sovereign and has control over everything. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and some of us are in the midst of this nightmare of anxiety, and we look around in our reality, and we know things aren't right, mm-hmm. and we know things are broken, and they're not the way they ought to be, and we feel very alone, um, and we don't think that anything we're going to do is good enough. Um, but in those moments, we can think back to Matthew 6 and think of our Father holding us in the night, and as he rocks us gently, you know, there's this kind of very paternal, beautiful image here yes. of God just saying, oh, my little faiths, I've got you in this. I'm with you. And, um, and then I, too, went back to Matthew 6, 22, where he's saying that, um, that if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your world will be full of darkness. Um, and, you know, we have all these um, passages in Matthew and all the Gospels where we know clearly that Jesus is someone who opens people's eyes, that he reveals the truth, that he removes blindness. So when we get in the midst of that darkness and anxiety, we can be confident that we have a God who can open our eyes and reveal the truth. Amen. There's some truth there. There's some depth there. I love that. I I just... I was captivated by, by the language of, of eyes that goes back and forth and look, focus. Um, mm-hmm. it, there's something about that that's so significant for us when we're in the middle of our struggles, we're in the middle of our worries. If we can simply shift our focus beyond ourselves, mm-hmm. that might be enough to help us start shifting our worry or anxiety or that, that, that whirlwind that starts to take over. Mm-hmm. And certainly that's my prayer through this. Um, if you were to look at this passage and you were to teach it in your community group, what would be one question that you would hope would be addressed? Hmm. I think it's just how can you... Hmm. I'm always bad at the questions. Dave's very good at questions, and I'm a more... Uh... <laughs> I love asking how questions. You, how do you stop the habit of worrying. Mm, that's good. Yes. That, that yeah, yeah. Good How one. do Absolutely. you let these there passages are, renew your mind? There Brad? are some people <laughs> in this world who are so habitually prone to worry mm-hmm. that they would be worried if they weren't worried. Yes. Something's <laughs> wrong. If if they don't know, how, I'm serious. They don't know how to right. feel anything if they're not worried and concerned. And I believe that Darren has said multiple times before, he's one of those people. That's that's a little bit of his personality type. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trashing Darren, obviously, but I'm just saying that, that that is 
somewhat of a stronghold that needs to be, and we have to work on having God break that for us because it's a, it's not a matter of not worrying because it's a matter of trusting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I, one has to happen before the other one can happen. Right. You know, you can't, you can't just stop worrying. You have to trust and you have to let go and you have to understand that God is God and we are not. Right. And yeah. I'm and we, yeah, we think about casting our burdens on God and and giving our anxieties to him and part of healing and accepting the peace that Jesus offers is acknowledging that he has always had it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. there was never a reason that we needed to give it to him because he's always had it. So just coming to that realization I think is really important. Totally. I, I love I love earlier how you even used that phrase, little faiths, mm-hmm. as the term of endearment, that, that rather than, oh, you, little faith is the slap in the face, that there's something about that in our development, our understanding of who God is, and our understanding of, of anxiety and working through it, that, that Jesus comes alongside of us, that Jesus said to, says to us, hey, you who, who you have yet to fully develop faith, mm-hmm. I want to help develop that in you more. Right. And so keep looking at me, keep looking in this direction, not in the other direction, and that's how you can grow in this area. And so maybe there's something to that as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I would almost play on the, those words a little bit and maybe turn that into a question to say, how can we grow in our faith? How can we develop that? What does the text suggest about that? And, and what are some ways that you've personally experienced where God has helped you grow in your faith mm-hmm. and see what, what sort of responses would come as a, because of that? Yeah. And two, it's it's about obedience, right? That very last verse, uh, it says uh, that seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. So peace is an automatic, comes from growing and walking, just like you were saying, walking with Jesus and pursuing righteousness, um, taking peace in that. Um, I think it's really significant that he mentions Solomon. And um, it seems like, oh, well, of course, because he was extravagant and opulent and he really cared about his appearances. So look at the lilies. They didn't care at all. And, and they're more beautiful than he is. But I think of, you know, I, because my daughter's sick and we've been spending a lot of late nights together, mm. I think about Solomon as a little boy. You know, he was 12 years old when he came to power and um, when his father died and, and how in the night he, uh, God came to him. And Solomon said, I'm a little child, and I'm confused, and I don't know what to do. Give me discernment. And God um, said that he would give him so much more than that. He'd give him wisdom, and he'd give him power beyond imagining. And so what Jesus is saying in a way here is that uh, God cared a great, great deal for Solomon. God was there for Solomon. He's going to be there for you too. And because Solomon turned away from God, because he was disobedient, and all of Jesus's audience would have realized this, you know, like they would have known how things turned out for Solomon because he was disobedient and didn't pursue righteousness. So he lost his peace. Mm. So that just gives a whole nother uh, layer to that obey and stay with me and be cognizant of my presence. And I will give you something greater than Solomon had. I'll give you peace. That's incredible. I love that. (laughs) I love that idea. I love that image. And so... If I were leading a discussion in a community group, I think I would also chew on that a little bit more and and explore what Solomon did versus what we can do. How can we maintain our focus on God, maintain our focus on pursuing him as opposed to allowing just the busyness of life get in the way of that? Um, I think there's some great points for conversation here. And and so any any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, not really. Just God has always been in control. Um, just, we just have to come to that realization. 
Absolutely, yes. And it's not easy. That's easy to say. <laughs> it is all too easy <laughs> to say, not, not easy enough to yeah, do. That's yeah, why, yeah. why Matthew 6.33 is a great bumper sticker, Jesus bumper sticker verse, mm-hmm. but it's a lot harder to live out yeah. in reality. Yeah. It requires daily learning to walk with God, daily surrendering to him, daily, as Paul puts it in, in Romans 12, to daily present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And as we do so and daily looking to him, somehow we're able to find a sure footing step-by-step, day-by-day, moment-by-moment. Yeah. And that helps us. Well, with that, my friends, I hope you have a wonderful week. I look forward to seeing you back here next week. In two weeks, Darren will be back with us. But just as a reminder, again, this is the Pastor's Cut for Sunday, May 15th. And so I encourage you to have some great conversations in your community groups. Maybe even throw an icebreaker as you begin in your community group by asking, what sort of what, what's your greatest fear or what do you worry about the most? and see what kind of conversation ensues there and then start having more conversations about worry and about what Jesus says about worry from Mm -hmm. that point forward. So with that, I hope you have a wonderful week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May God cause his face to shine upon you and we'll we'll see you back through our podcast here in (laughs) short order. Bye.